Hey, Chris Manning here, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Cavs. On today's episode, our first, yeah, that's right, our first on YouTube, we're going to talk about the Cavs Summer League finale. We're going to talk about what we learned about Evan Mobley in Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about Josh Hart, a Cavs for Asian target, going back to New Orleans and what that says about the Cavs and maybe what other business they have to still do. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Again, now on YouTube, which hopefully you're watching right there right now. And it's also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Evan, my boy, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? I'm pretty good. For those of you checking us out on YouTube, this is our first episode, our maiden voyage, but I'm also in my new digs. Uh, it's pretty exciting, you know, uh, living downtown. Uh, for those who follow me on Instagram, it's the same as the handle, as you can see below. I posted a picture of my cat. Uh, my fat big cat is in a bigger city, but it's good to be downtown. It's good to be in the haps. It's good to be... Uh, where Lamar Stevens plays, which apparently is the same as Cam Reddish. Uh, real real, real hot takes come out of Summer League, but we'll talk about that in a second. How are you, Chris? I did not expect you to link Cam Reddish and Lamar Stevens uh, in terms of like a take. You don't I check must, the I, besties group chat prior to Well, recording. I do, I do, but here's the thing. Evan, Evan, as Evan knows, I'm trying to take a more holistic approach to how I'm using uh, my phone and the internet, and uh, there's just things that I miss. Evan just, when I see, like, really Chris bad is, tweets uh, on the internet, Evan sends them to me. That is usually what happens. When, like, a really just bad tweet, maybe from someone's burner account, is, like, sent, Evan, like, notifies me, like, it's his job, and then I'm just like, okay, sure, and then I move on. Chris is like Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen when he goes to Mars to build his glass palace because he doesn't feel like he belongs in Earth or a, a Cavs Twitterverse that no longer wants him. And he's just going to burn a helium atom onto his forehead for the next episode. Or a tattoo, you know. We we are the first, like, you know, sextillion Cleveland Cavaliers podcast and sports podcast in general. So, Chris, treat yourself. Get a tattoo. Get the helium atom tattooed on your forehead. For regular listeners... Let's get it trending. Chris isn't going to check it on Twitter, but let's get Chris Manning Helium Tattoo trending on Twitter. Not absolutely don't do that. But okay, as we noted at the top, we're going to talk about the Cavs Summer League finale. We're going to talk about Evan Mobley and sort of what we understand about him coming out of Summer League now that that is done. Uh, it really did come and go. And we're going to finish by talking about Josh Hart going back to New Orleans on a three-year, $38 million deal and kind of what that says about Cleveland, considering they had interest in him, and uh, there's there's a lot to kind of maybe we kind of pack there a little bit. But Evan, let's start with the Summer League finale. No Isaac Okoro, Nova Mobley. The Cavs win 88-85. to 85. Uh, You had Coggin Bailey had 11 and 10. You had Lamar Stevens had 12 and 5 and 4. Um, you had 15 points off the bench for both Matt Ryan and Jalen Hands. Uh, you you got some good performances from uh, people in a in a weird summer league game. Like the, the this is a weird matchup just because number one the Cavs 
the, the two players that we were sort of most interested in seeing did not play. And then secondly, I learned this when I was um, at Summer League talking to, to Lockdown Suns host Brennan Clean. The Suns, like, didn't have any rookies on their roster. So, like, they really? just didn't have it. It was all just older guys. They didn't have a single rookie from this class. You could well, count Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, but he was a he was say. a but yeah, but he was a lottery pick last year, so technically not a rookie. And also, they actually technically had two Jalen Smiths. There was one that was Jalen Smith that we know from Maryland, and then there's another one who I believe has two E's in his name. So it's like Jalen with two E's, and then an N. Is it Jalen or Jaylene Smith? I, I heard it pronounced Jalen, and the, the broadcast, like, a couple times referred to him as, like, the, there was, like, two Jalen Smiths. Like, it was, like, a gimmick. So, um, yeah, that this was, like, the a weird summer league finale for Cleveland. You know, I, I think, the honestly, the thing that I will probably remember most is the Evan Mobley interview because he kept not hearing what they were trying to ask him when he was sitting on the on the Cavs bench, and he was, like, he just either wasn't listening or just wasn't able to hear what the what the broadcast team from ESPN was trying to ask him. But um, what, did, what did you make of this kind of finale? Did anyone pop for you in their, in their last performance in Vegas? I mean, overall, it was a garbage game because, like you said, going into this, the players you really want to pay the most attention to for Cleveland were Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro, and they Isaac was shut down after the second game. Evan was shut down after the third game against the Pelicans. Did he play against the Pelicans? Uh, he did not play against the Pelicans. He he just played those first couple, and then was was a wrap. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because it's you know time is relative in um a new Delta variant world, but it was a garbage game. I mean, Lamar Stevens popped for me for sure throughout summer league. Like I think he's really carving out a spot in Cleveland's rotation, no matter what. I think Fiondu Cavangale is a player that I had just been keeping an eye on just because. I think it's silly for the Cavs to use their mid-level exception to pay for Isaiah Hartenstein, and maybe they find a cheaper alternative in Kevin Gale because he's making $1.7 million on a non-guaranteed contract next year. Um, Matt Ryan popped. Jalen Hands popped in this game. Other than that, just kind of meh performances. It's just, you know, Summerlee did no favors to Broderick Thomas. That's my other key takeaway from this overall. But this was just kind of a crappy game altogether. Um Gutty performance, I guess. A lot of fun. These guys, a lot of these players are going to be playing for training camp spots or hopefully roster spots with another team as well. So we saw some fun things at least, and it was kind of cool to see the Cavs battle back and finish. They they still had a losing record overall, but you know, finish the finish finish on a high note. They beat a pretty not good Phoenix Suns team, but a pretty solid Phoenix Suns team overall. But like Jalen Smith didn't play in this one, but. I, I enjoyed myself. Like it was, it was garbage, but I still had fun watching it because the Cavs battle back, and it'll be like when Cleveland's playing in the midst of February, when half the team's banged up, and we have to watch a lot of these players out there again. Yeah, I, I thought Matt Steve, Matt Ryan, excuse me, had another a good Matt performance. Stevens. You know, he he's just brain melting, but he he made five threes on nine attempts. Continues to look like he's just can shoot it at the very least, and I don't exactly again like know if he has like a real legit NBA future, um, but like at least an intriguing performance from him in that regard. I want to I, I think, again, he's a very much a, a Cleveland charge guy. Maybe he gets an, a training camp invite and can compete against like a Broderick Thomas or someone like that for a two-way spot. I think you're right about Cabangale. Like, I, I don't think he's like a NBA rotation guy, but I think as like a third center who's still kind of young, who like can eat minutes for you if it comes to that, I think is like a, a really, really reasonable way to go about this. Um, I, I also want to sh- – Jalen Hands to me has been at least kind of interesting in summer league. Like, he's kind of skinny. 
um, you know, I don't know if what his decision making really is. Like, I don't know if like he's he's shown kind of the playmaking. You would kind of like as like a point guard developmental prospect. And Cleveland doesn't have a need for that right now. They obviously have Darius Garland. They have Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton as their kind of lead offensive creators from the guard spots. But like, if you want to develop like a backup point guard for the future, maybe hands like theoretically like maybe is worth getting into the cleveland chart system and kind of seeing if you can bring him along he also hit a wild buzzer beater 10 the third quarter so kind of a good end performance from him six to ten from the field uh only took one three missed it but it was three six from the line three assists against just zero turnovers a team high plus 24 for hand so I, I think you're at least kind of getting the same guys kind of pop i don't feel like anyone that i didn't already understand or didn't have a read on um did a ton to kind of differentiate themselves right like, i don't think you, you saw anything here where like okay like this this person like i understand the difference i think i think matt ryan comes away as sort of the guy that I knew the least about that um was the most impressive to me as kind of the fringe guys in summer league i thought lamar was kind of like lamar i i like what we saw from moby i liked what we a lot of what we saw from okoro cabangeli is cabangeli like i i think just i i kind of came away with the same thing and again, Broderick is another guy is another instance where I, th- I agree with you. It's just like I don't know what you're getting from him. I don't know like if he helped himself or hurt himself. But I'd kind of love to know um, if what he kind of looks like come training camp or you know he's on a technically on a qualifying offer right now as a two way guy. So we'll see if anything changes for him coming out of summer league. Um, but again, that guy this came and went. I think it's I'm, I'm very happy for some of the guys people who I know were very ready to. Um, get out of Las Vegas uh, and, and get home and get out of the very hot city of Las Vegas and just get back to, to Cleveland and stuff. But I, overall, it, it was good that this was back. I mean, it was good to have Summer League back, and at least we got, I think, something out of it this year. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm Speaking of disappointments, I'm really disappointed in you that you didn't say, let's give a hand for Jalen Hands for that buzzer beater three that he made in this game against Phoenix. Yeah, like, it, not my best opportunity. effort. Not your best effort, but it's okay. I can tell you're a little sweaty, a little nervous, but Chris, you know what can help you out? Our today's sponsor, Sweat Block. Right. So there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirt for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this. When I speak in public, or when I have to shut off my air conditioning to record this podcast, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. Now listen, I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest, in this moment it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, a first date, or God forbid, the number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I'd rather much not worry about it, and that's why I use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than more, most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better, which means I can finally wear gray and feel great. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon or CVS. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Indeed. And Indeed makes hiring much easier. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job side that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all the hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. 
In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to the Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Evan, let's talk about uh, another Evan who's much taller than you, much better at basketball than you, but not not uh, as good of a podcast host as you, and that's Evan Mobley. No. You uh, you had me sweating there in the first half, not going to lie. You should have just was... grabbed the sweat block and just wiped down right there. Live on, so, yeah, live on YouTube. A, that's a lie. Maybe I need to apply more sweat block. I can't run off camera right now because we are on a schedule with the other techno hosts in the network. Yes, but... yes, yes, yes. Uh, overall, what did you think of the Mobley and Summer League? Like, I have some takes. I think people are overreacting a lot. I think people commenting on his hips are weird. Like, I think people saying this is the wrong pick are weird. But we'll talk about the overall Evan Mobley experience and maybe how we're feeling long-term about it. Because I feel good. Like, I feel great, actually. Because, one, yeah. I use sweat block. And, two, his name is Evan. And, three, this is the best player available. And Cleveland got the best player they could get at three. So I kind of think about Mobley, and I, I look at his summer league, and I, I thought his the game against Orlando in particular was just a really, really all-around good performance. You saw everything that kind of makes him an interesting prospect, potentially makes him like, you know, there, there are people, Jonathan Sharks from the ringer, I think most notably, that, have, that had him as the number one guy in this class, right? Like, I don't think it's out of the question mm-hmm. that he becomes like the, the first or the second or best guy in this class. I don't, I don't think that's out of the question. I think the thing with Mobley that I think – people have to remember is that I think summer league is not set up for a player like Evan Moby to look really, really good. He is not going to get to dribble the ball up the floor, run a pick and roll, run in isolation and take some threes and score a bunch of buckets. Like that is not the game that he plays. He is going to need someone to feed in the ball. As we've talked about a lot on the show, the Cavs did not bring like anyone to just like distribute the ball to the rest of the roster. Like they sort of were banking on guys kind of picking that up via kind of a group effort. And that total that didn't exactly happen. I think the way they wanted I think you you know he's kind of talked about how he needs to add weight. I think that was even a thing in summer league. I think that's just going to be a thing for him until he kind of does add more muscle to his frame. I, I don't really have any like changing expectations or opinions of Mobley. I got a better understanding of him seeing him in person and getting to watch him in sort of more NBA context. Uh, like again, like I I don't really think that my if your opinion of Evan Mobley changed i think that's silly number two i also just say that like i if you watch like some like there's people we've seen on twitter i think it really this is actually part of the thing that has driven me from twitter is just the the mobile reaction stuff because i think a lot of it is just like hyper reactive i think you've seen some of the stuff with, like kuminga it's like yes jonathan kuminga had one of the dunks of summer league and he's had he showed some really interesting two-way potential but like there's also been a there was a lot of stuff with with Kuminga in summer league where it's like he looked like a disaster in both ends of the floor. Like th- this oh, yeah. is the draft picks are not decided now; they're decided five years from now. And like yes, maybe someone it, is it possible that someone outperforms Mobley and they were drafted like twelfth in this class? Yes, like that happens. Like th- th- that there's going to be someone in this class that was way underrated that becomes way better than than we sort of thought coming in. But that, I don't think you're going to know that now. I don't really again. I don't really have any changes on Mobley. I think it's more of just. 
I can't wait to see him play with Darius Garland. I can't wait to see him play with Colin Sexton. I can't wait to see him play with actual NBA players who are going to make up the Cavs roster this year. Again, like I think there are some guys with talent on the summer league, but there's going to be a big team. Even if the Cavs are not like a good team, going from like Jalen Hands and Browser Thomas running your pick and roll to Darius Garland is going to be a massive thing for Evan Mobley and going to make him look all that much better. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think people that the Kaminga stuff is a really smart point because I think people are being prisoners of the moment for sure when it comes to a lot of these things because there's not a lot Kuminga, of stuff. Kuminga is a freak athlete who can dunk really well and is going to look hella dope in Twitter highlights and yep. in blips of summer league. Like he is designed for in a lab for some of these moments. Oh, absolutely, and he's going to get buried in Golden State's rotation and probably hardly play his rookie season, which is the best thing for him, in my humble opinion, because I think Kaminga needs a solid year or two of seasoning to be acclimated to the NBA game. I think you're drafting him based on potential, and I've said for a while now on this podcast that I hate the fit of Jonathan Kaminga for the Cavs because the Cavs are taking a player at third overall that they expect to be a franchise-altering talent that can raise their floor and immediately help them win now. Now, granted, Evan Mobley is going to need time. Like Chris said, he needs to add weight to his frame. He needs to refine his jump shot a little bit. I think people are overreacting about that a lot, too. I think the fact that he's taking threes is super encouraging. Like, he's not hesitant like Isaac Okoro was, where the team more or less had to force him to take those three-pointers. But... um. I saw a lot of encouraging things from Mobley, but back to the Kaminga thing, like the Cavs couldn't afford to be patient with him because there's some serious expectation that this team should be competing for the playoffs this year or the play-in at least. I think I would say I would say the play-in if they're going to do anything. It's more the play-in feels like way more realistic to be the than oh, straight it, up playoffs. It does, it does, and I think we'll, we'll get to that at some point. We have a lot of time. We have no, the, we the have NBA season is is like yet is like somehow like still far away, and yet is also like next week. You know what I mean? Like Dude, it's very August bizarre. is almost August is almost over. That's so weird to think. Like September is mm-hmm. almost here, and training camp and media day will be towards the end of September. Chris and I will give each other a big hug and have to wear a mask though, so maybe we'll air hug each other. But jumping back here, um, well, can can I can I ask you? I have a question about Mobley in terms of. Yeah. I th- I think if there's a thing that if you're if you're, I sense a lot of like fan anxiety about yeah. the Cavs like being willing being able to like compete this year with some of these young guys. And I can understand. Like I think if you look at the potential starting five where like everyone's twenty three and under, like those are not teams that typically like win a bunch of games. But I, I also just I'm saying like I don't really know what else was really realistic here. Like the Cavs didn't have flexibility to go out and get like a veteran. Yep. Like they Mobley is your big acquisition because he's potentially a franchise well, player. Like he's a franchise pillar, but I, I also were the big well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, but you didn't go out and get like a, a starting three. Like, you didn't go out and get like a big name, twenty million dollar year starting three to like bump a Coro and like make. And you know what I mean? Like, you didn't do anything of that nature. You know what I mean? Like, Ruby is a really nice acquisition, but it is not like dropping a free agency bag and like bringing in veteran help in that way. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't do the the Bulls thing. They didn't do the uh, the feet like the feet like they didn't do that kind of leveling up and, and so to speak. Yeah, and they but, they but, weren't like the Hawks last off season. Yeah, the that's Hawks the na- were that, yeah that's cash. that's that's the best example. Yeah, they did they weren't flush with cash. Um, I but do you I think Evan Mobley even if there's stuff he's going to struggle with, I kind of find it insane to think he's not going to do some stuff really impactful from day one. Like that to me no. of the critique that and the worry I've seen with people about him, even if like. He, he takes some time to defend fives. And even if he takes time to like really develop a concision jump shot, I think the passing, I think his, his overall defense, I, 
I think there's stuff that he's going to be an impact player in year one. And it, most rookies, again, are not the best. Most A lot of rookies struggle. I don't think he's going to be like a complete like waste of a rookie year kind of guy. No, I don't think so either. I think he'll be beneficial in different ways for the Cavs, but I just think the expectations don't they shouldn't be too high. I think Evan Mobley has the ability to be a franchise cornerstone and a franchise altering talent for Cleveland, but you need to be patient. I think I'm trying to remember the bet online betting odds, but I think they projected Mobley to average 16 and 8 his rookie season and I would take I I think that that's pretty fair. I think that's a pretty Honestly, like he's skinny, he's gonna get bullied. He's going to probably he showed some aversion to rebounding at USC, and I think that's my that gives me Jaron Jackson Jr. vibes when I watch him. But mm. I just think he's so special and so talented that as long as he stays healthy and he's with the proper player development staff, and Cleveland has one of the best player development staffs out there, so I think it's just really good that he ended up in Cleveland but I think like you said yeah be patient but I think he will make a difference because like the Orlando game is where you see a lot of stuff pop at the same time you saw the playmaking you saw the shooting you saw a lot of defense you saw plenty of defense that Evan Mobley played during summer league you saw the fact that he's switchable like uh, somebody pointing out the fact that Josh Christopher was owning him like no I think it was more important more impressive than the fact that Mobley is defending in the post, and then he switched on to Christopher, and it defended Christopher well on the perimeter. Like there is so much cool cerebral stuff you're seeing with a 19 year old player that you maybe see with a more seasoned vet. Like this is such a solid foundation for Cleveland to build off of with Evan Mobley that I, I don't know why you wouldn't be excited. Like yeah, I understand the aversion, the apprehension. Like there's maybe some jobs on the line if you're Kobe Alvin and JD Bickerstaff here, and fans are worried there might be. A massive turnover, but I don't think Evan Mobley would be a casualty of that turnover, which is thankfully a good thing. But at the same time, I'm just I'm not too concerned about it. I guess I have my biases for sure. Like I've been an Evan Mobley guy since we started the 2020 NBA draft ended, and we were starting to get familiar with 2021 prospects already because I was not high on the Cavs' chances, and then I was high, and then Chris talked me off the ledge. But um, yep, it's just uh. It just take a wait-and-see approach. Who knows what will happen? Because, we, like Chris also pointed out, it's taking removing Isaac Okoro and Jalen Hands and Broderick Thomas as your primary point guards and then putting in Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland, with Ricky Rubio being one of the best passers in the league at his position. Um, Even, I want to I wanna just say, just so people like don't get mad at this, I think Colin Sexton is going to, like, if he just does some of the simple reads that he is added to well, his game he does over time. Jared Allen, it's going to be he, so... Those, those little dump offs and little pick and pops for 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 Mobley and Sexton are going to be really useful. I I oh, again yeah. I don't I don't think he's like going to be like a rookie of the year guy. I don't I think like it's going to be one of Cade or Green because they're probably going to put up big numbers. But I think Mobley's going to be good, and I would be surprised if he's not making an impact yeah. as a rookie. I came away just if anything more optimistic about him coming out of summer league, and I think anything otherwise is is a little silly. But Evan, we got to take another break. After the break, we're going to talk about um, Josh Hart and what that sort of signing kind of says about cleveland but we gotta again pay some more bills and you're gonna tell everyone about our friends at rock auto we sure are with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket Save time and money when using Rock Auto. 
for those of you who are regular listeners of the show, maybe not checking us out for the first time, I saved so much money replacing my AC system using Rock Auto. I think it was about $1,000, between $800 and $1,000. Like, oh man, it made my life so much better. But Rock Auto is also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low, like I mentioned, for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, and also new air conditioning systems. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, motorcycle, minivan, you name it. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box and know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Also want to tell you about our friends at Bilt Bar, and I'm sure that people know by now that Bilt Bar has a ton of delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. For instance, I had a strawberry one today, and it was awesome. It had it tastes like a chocolate-covered strawberry in a protein bar form. That's probably my favorite right now. I think Evan's a big cookies and cream guy. Um, they just brought back peanut butter brownie and coconut almond, which are both just also amazing OG Bilt Bar flavors. And look, if you haven't tried any Bilt Bar or want to just make sure you try them all, you can get a mixed box or get two of each of the nine flavors. And remember, Bilt Bars are not just the best tasting protein bar out there, they're also healthy. 17 to 80 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get the Cherry Barcia, the Strawberry, the Cookies and Cream, or whatever it is that you like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That is LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Evan. Last segment of the day. We're talking about Josh Hart. Was a Cavs free agent target. Goes back to New Orleans. He was kind of one of the last notable free agents, I think, kind of out there. That was going to command a multi-year deal. Three years, $38 million for Josh Hart. Um, one of the other notable deal, if you want, you go to Lockdown Pelicans for Jake Madison's reaction to that. Go to Lockdown Celtics for this Marcus Smart extension if you want to get that reaction. But from a Cavs perspective, Josh Hart is a guy that I think would have helped. I think there was more interest from the team than him in the team. I also would just, I, I think that the only way for me to appropriately frame this is just to say, I do think that he would have been helpful. I do think he's, a, you know, he's a good rebounder. He's an okay shooter, kind of average shooter, quality rotation guy that could start for you, that could come off the bench for you. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, this is a guy that could have helped you and maybe was the right kind of piece to target this summer, but you didn't have the financial flexibility. And, and I think if we're going to discuss this, the idea of Josh Hart and the idea of having the money to pay someone like Josh Hart, we've hit on this a little bit before, but I really just think that is where if Cleveland was building out its roster, that would have been more useful to them next year than like, I, I mean, like it's the, it's the Kevin Love thing. It's like, would it would have him? And, and again, we didn't think maybe they didn't know, think that Kevin was going to be this bad. But I, I tend to think that like having a little flexibility this summer to go after a guy like Hart, even if you could have got him because he was restricted free agent, I do tend to think that maybe that would have worked out for you in a cleaner way. Yeah, I think a lot of this does come back to the Kevin Love extension um, with the power of it, hindsight. It, it's not this again. It isn't a pick on Kevin Love. It just is the reality no. of his contract. It's just the reality it of his is. contract. 
it's the reality of this contract. I think the Cavs would buy him out at this point, but I think the discussions are going to be ongoing for a while with that until they can find a price point where the both parties agree, like, okay, it's time to say goodbye. But um, despite what people have been saying, questioning my credibility on this, I've been kind of keeping an eye on the Josh Hart situation for a while. Um, David Griffin more or less was driving up the asking price for for Josh Hart, he wasn't that interested in Jetty Osmond. He wanted some something substantial from Cleveland. I think he wanted a Larry Nance Jr. or something that's a little bit more beneficial to New Orleans and building around Zion. And I guess rightfully so. But like, it was three years, thirty-eight million. Like that's out of Cleveland's price point already. So that the Cavs could get him to decide to Josh Hart to commit to a mid-level exception or a cheaper contract in that range. Um, that would have been doable, and like he could to play with his friend Larry Nance if Larry Nance wasn't the trade casualty there. So like, there's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of things, but a lot of it does fall back on the Kevin Love extension. I think that's why the Cavs have been so quiet in free agency. They brought in Ricky Rubio via trade. I think maybe we're going to see Kobe combine some of these non-guaranteed deals, whether it's Dane Wade, Damian Dotson, Theon Dukak, and Bailey, like or sorry, Kevin Gale. Um, there's multiple players in ha- play here that the Cavs could package together along with future seconds or something like that to get a player from a cash strap team that, like, I don't know, the the Clippers maybe? Like, maybe the Clippers are a team that the Cavs could try and pry a younger player from there or something, and that'd be funny if Kevin Gale went back there. But um, there's options for Cleveland out there to kind of make upgrades, but I think all in due time i still think the Cavs. like i, I think it's silly that plans want to commit the mid part of the mid-level exception to isaiah hardenstein like no use that money to sign a wing but i think at this point the Cavs only have one roster spot if i remember correctly they have to fill it that they will fill it at some point i know they've been well they don't have trying. to they, they don't they have, don't to have to. that's why i corrected what, myself yeah what they could do and they've done this in the past is like leave it open and say it's like for flexibility purposes it's a little bit of money saving as well, but like if you wanted to like have the ability on your roster to like take back an extra player in a trade, like there's a reason to to keep that open roster spot. And look, I, I Evan, I think we're just at the point here where it's like when you look at free agency for Cleveland and you look at sort of what this team kind of is, I think it is very clearly just a situation where if you're gonna get improvement at certain spots, it's gonna in better production it could it's just the reality of their books is that like it couldn't come from free agency josh hart nope a wing like that was just never going to really be financially feasible ultimately like josh he got more of the mid-level and that was the most cleveland could really offer to anybody the the reality here is that like you you're hoping that one of that okoro for one takes a leap but you're also hoping that you know that uh Dylan Windler maybe can finally figure it out that maybe Jetty Osmond can figure it out after having a really rough year last year that maybe Lamar Stevens can pop for you. You are hoping that like one of these fringer guys right now that is pretty inexpensive and like, you know, the, the hit rate maybe isn't super high, but like you need one of those guys to pop for you. And uh, Jetty is at least the anomaly there because he already got the extension and then kind of went a little bit haywire, but we'll see where this goes. That is just where Cleveland's roster is at for, for minutes at the wing. And especially when, you know, Torian Prince, I, I would make the Rubio trade 10 times out of 10, but like you did give up like a quality wing who could play some small ball four for you in, in that deal. So th- there yeah. there was a calculation there that I think was right in get, bringing in the veteran leadership, bringing in that playmaker in, in Rubio, but they, they are just a little thin on the wing right now. And it, it's the reality of not getting a Josh Hart is, does leave you the, the roster a little bit weaker on that, on that part of the floor than you would probably like. And just yeah, hey, Josh Hart slash not getting able to get anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's bittersweet for sure. Um, 
at this point, you start exploring cheaper options. I think fans can rip their hair out if they think the mid-level exception is a realistic option. I think the Cavs are just going to be cautious with there's, they there's no one left. There's no one left at this point that is worth the mid level or like a big no. chunk of the mid level. I mean, Just I think not. you can maybe, maybe you overpay to get Svi McCulloch because maybe he isn't gets interest from the Lakers or a contending team who just needs cheap three point shooting. Like maybe you commit money to a player like that, but you could bring back Alfonso McKinney, a player the coaching staff and the organization is familiar with that I know has interest in returning to Cleveland at this point and you can sign him for a veteran minimum deal or you sign him to a non-guaranteed contract or you sign him to the vet men and then you do some financial moves again to sign him to a non-guaranteed contract that the Cavs did before so they have another trade ship like that in their back pocket but it's going to be players like McCallick it's going to be players like Alfonso McKinney I think um Iggy Brasdikas is on a two-way I if I remember correctly now with the Orlando Magic and it was coming off the bench for the Magic summer league team Yep, and it's it, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow because I think Josh Hart was a player that the Cavs were very interested in and monitoring closely. I think they monitored their really, his relationship with Larry. I think, like Chris mentioned, yeah, he maybe not is maybe isn't a shooter, but the defensive upside, some of the tertiary playmaking, he does have. And he's some like he's ability. like he's 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 like average. He's like an average three point shooter, and the Cavs yeah, like could use like average three point shooting. Yeah, so. I think the Cavs will make a cheaper signing. Maybe it's McCulloch. Maybe it's McKinney. It could be another player for all we know at this point. It could completely come out of left field. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Isaac Okoro at the three. We're going to see Jetty Osmond playing the three. I think we're going to see Lamar Stevens playing the three. Uh, I think one of our listeners asked, and maybe we'll tackle this later in the week. God, for all we know, we're going to see Larry Nance for sure playing the three. Uh, we might even see Evan Mobley playing a little bit of three if the Cavs want to go super big in their lineups and Chris rips his hair out at that point. But um, I, yeah, J- JB's just gonna have to come up with creative stuff, and I would tend yeah. to think that I would rather like try like I, I guess I just none of your options are perfect. It's sort of like the reality of, of the situation here. Yeah, and there's some flexibility and switchiness with some of the players on Cleveland's roster. Like Cle- like Colin Saxon could be a one a one or a two. Darius Garland could be a one or a two. Isaac Okoro well, could be I, a two or that, three. That, yeah, that, that's a whole other conversation, I think. Because like, I do think there are still limits on on some of that stuff, right? Like, I mean, I don't know yeah. if you want Colin like, defending bigger twos. Like, you're just asking yourself to get this is a weird roster i think is ultimately like is. the reality of this it's you know a, it's an oddly constructed roster i think if you had the power of hindsight maybe the Cavs regret not taking like mikhail bridges or a different player than colin Saxon at the eighth overall pick just because you and i get the vibe that darius garland truly is like the the, the wheat grease the, the wheel that's going to move this entire train going forward and the Cavs really believe in him and Evan Mobley. And let's say you have Garland, Bridges, Mobley, and Allen. Like, that's a hell of a place to be in, too. Um, I just think a lot of it, the financial restrictions following Kevin Love's extension, I think that was a miss. And I think the thought process of taking two smaller guards and building and put size around them, like, yeah, I think that's a way to build a team. If you look at Portland, if you look at Utah, that's a way to do it. But... I just don't know if the Cavs have a sustainable product as well because they're also going to be rolling out probably the youngest starting lineup next year in the league, and it's going to be ugly. It's going to be full of mistakes. It's going to be frustrating at times, but don't sell the ship. Just ride the course. I think it's going to be okay at the end, Um, but nothing's certain. Um, 
what what did LeBron say? Uh, nothing is certain. Nothing. Everything. Nothing is certain. Everything. Nothing is guaranteed. Something like that. I don't know. It, it's applicable. Something. Cats, something though. with like dick, corny dad energy, probably. Oh, for sure. But I ate it up because he said he was coming home. I punched a register at a Walmart. That's how excited I was. But that's, um, that's the most like Medina County. I'm from Medina County. Thing you've ever said in your life. But Evan, mm-hmm. um, let's wrap out. it up here. Yeah, let's head out of here again. Uh, Evan, you, cause you use the, the, the YouTube lingo as the kids say better than me. Tell everyone what to do if they want to support the pot on YouTube. Well, if you're checking us out on YouTube for the first time and you probably should be because this is our first episode on YouTube, um, please subscribe. Please give this video a thumbs up. Please hit the notification bell and make sure you turn all notifications on. So we, you know, when we upload every episode, um, our goal is to hit 100 subscribers in our first week of existence. Uh, we started sharing this on Monday, August 16th. So by the 23rd, we're hoping for 100 subscribers, which would be pretty neat. And if we hit like 1,000, maybe Chris will get the Dr. Manhattan tattoo I mentioned at the top. Maybe not. No, but, but maybe, maybe, we'll do, maybe we'll do a giveaway and I will not get a tattoo that will get result in me getting divorced. Well, it could be a temporary one. Just like surprise, like shock and all. It's like the it's like the uh, baby Joker Yoda I bought you, and your wife was not pleased about it. But um, yeah, thanks for oh, checking yeah. us out on YouTube for the first time. Uh, we do this three days a week, as you guys know. Right now, we'll be back to five days a week soon. But Chris, is there anything else you want to say before we go? No, thanks everyone for listening. Even if you're just listening to the pod, if you want to just go subscribe, that's a really great way to support us. In addition to leaving that five star rating and review. Um, and also, just before we head out, I want to tell you about our friends at the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. That includes this, this schmuck, me. I was on there once. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y or wherever you get your podcasts.